0: Welcome to my basement, everybody. I hope you're doing great. Um, we are continuing to uh, to test stuff out here with the the streams, hoping that. Uh Things look a little bit better. I uh, hope you're having a great midweek. What are we? It's Tuesday already, and uh, the big news announcements have been uh, uh, coming out of CinemaCon in Las Vegas, and I think one of the big uh, reveals was the uh, the Spider-Man trailer. This comes on the heels of uh, the Justice League trailer that Warner Brothers put out last week, um, and it felt a little... They released it on a Saturday, which was kind of a weird time to release a big trailer like this. This is the Justice League trailer that's running by behind me right now. I can see what you're looking at right now, too. And uh, um, I watched the thing, and it certainly looks pretty. Uh, Zack Snyder is, uh, I think, a pretty in- incredible visualist. He knows how to frame a shot and color every single nook and cranny of the frame to make it look very, very colorful and pretty. Not always with color, but uh, you know, he, he knows how to punch an image out there, and when you look at the uh, the way that this trailer kind of uh, comes together, I guess I'm just going to jump right into this. Um, it f- almost feels like he was thinking about every single um, you know trading card that they were going to make about Justice League, and he wanted to make every single frame look amazing. And I can't fault. Zack Snyder for that. I think he makes very good-looking movies. You can you, know, you just have to look at Sucker Punch to kind of recognize this guy's uh, visual flair, um, and I think that's you know something that we're seeing in this trailer. But the trailer doesn't really you see that shot of Lois Lane just sort of appearing like that. It doesn't really come together in a in a sensical way. You don't really know what's going on except for the fact that Batman is talking to Wonder Woman about bringing the team together to fight this. This threat, this, uh, you know, these enemies that are coming, these nameless enemies. And uh, you you see a little bit of interplay, you see a little bit of uh, chatter and dialogue between them. Um, But you uh, definitely are left with a lot more questions than answers. And, uh, you know, I think that's okay. Like we see Aquaman just get uh, right into the fray there with, I guess, these parademons that are flying around. I don't think that's quite the case with um, the Spider Man trailer, which launched today. I think, if anything, we can uh, sort of look at the Spider Man trailer as saying, uh, you're kind of showing us a little bit too much, you know? And it kicks off, I, I, it, it's almost like the movie trailers that they're releasing on the internet right now. They, they, they launch with a, uh, a tiny sliver of what's in the trailer. They have like a mini trailer, then they go into the trailer. And uh, it's weird, right? Like, you start the video up, and then they show you this, and it's like, here's a trailer, and then we're going to show you the trailer now. And it's, it's, Why don't you just start the trailer? Um, but anyways, we get into this trailer, and we get, like, the whole story of the movie. I mean, we get a sense of who Peter Parker is. He's got a buddy, and he just wants to join the Avengers. Um, Tony Stark gives him a cool new outfit. He kind of brags a little bit to his pals, um, who also wants to wear the costume. That's a very funny bit. Uh, but he brags that uh, he knows Tony, uh, Tony Stark, and he knows. Uh, Captain America stole the shield. There's some good little moments in there, and then we get uh, the former Batman and Birdman, Michael Keaton, jumping up, being uh, very menacing as our uh, brand new Vulture. He uh, looks like he's ripped right out of the MCU, right in line with the um, you know the way that uh, Jeff Bridges looked as Iron Monger in the original Iron Man. It's almost like you could go and do a straight line from each of those characters, and then we get into some pretty you know, epic scale, uh, you know, moments with Spider-Man like this. But we also recognize that, you know, Tony Stark and Iron Man aren't uh, especially happy that this guy's getting in over his head. And uh, we get the whole damn story. So now what we know is that Tony Stark is going to outfit him with technology that even this brainiac of Peter Parker can't uh, create for himself. Um, he needs to be able to lean on the tech that Tony Stark has given him, and he doesn't really feel like he's, uh, y- you know, competent enough to face an enemy like uh, the Vulture. And uh, you know, it's obviously cool setup. It's sort, it's definitely in line with the the myth of Peter Parker and Spider Man. My only issue with this trailer is that it kind of reveals the whole through line. It gives you everything. We know how this is all going to fare, and. Uh, You know, hopefully it comes out in the summer. I think July 7th is the date. Hopefully there are a lot of surprises left in store, but we know that, you know, he's going to get buddy-buddy with Tony Stark. He's going to get all kinds of great weaponry to go out and be a pretty cool crime fighter. We know that he's going to be, have some angst, some teen angst and feel like, uh, you know, he's just not good enough. Uh, and then, of course, he's going to save the day and go on to be in lots of other MCU movies. But what I want to know is, uh, you know, some thoughts from you guys uh, from each of these trailers. You know, I'm not here to pile on with Warner Brothers. I got the Justice League. I got them basically looping behind me so we can talk about them. But I want to hear what you think about each of these trailers. And I have to say that there are elements in both of them that I love, um, But I am not legitimately blown away by either of them and I'm wondering if it's because we've had so many superheroes at this point. Um, I've got the chat running on the phone a little bit, so I can I can kind of try to keep as much eye contact as possible. Uh, Blake is here too, so if he's following along, he can help me out here too. And audio audio sounds good, Blake. Yeah, everything sounds good. Rick. All right, thanks, buddy. Has anybody asked a question? You know what helps me out is if you write question in caps and then ask the question, or if you've got comment, write comment in caps. But uh, my first question is for you guys. Um, Which trailer did you like better? Which do you think sold its movie better and why? And I'll just wait while this catches up on the stream and then you guys type out furiously and uh, you throw down some comments for me. But, uh, you know, obviously these are major, major investments from Warner Brothers and from Disney and from Sony. Uh, You know, everybody is kind of uh, uh, recognizing the powerhouse kind of investments, uh, you know, the powerhouse sort of returns that can come from these investments. They're massive, massive movies, and it will be crazy to see how these all come together. I got a couple of Justice Leagues already. Uh, Blake's audio sounds good. Awesome. Justice League for sure. Wow. Okay. Does any movie look like it's going to be a 10 out of 10? Patrick Furtado is asking me that. Uh, does any movie look like it's going to be a 10 out of 10? Um, I got chills from the Episode 7 trailers, you know, like the Chewie We're Home kind of stuff. I thought those were incredible. I gotta tell you, I, I uh, Instagrammed an image from uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I, I, I didn't love, love the first Guardians movie. I thought it was really funny and cool and clever, uh, but I thought, you know, this has been sort of an issue with the Marvel movies to a degree, is that their, their villains aren't that great. And I think that movie in particular suffered from that. All of the heroes were incredible. Um, but you know, I, I, it was working really hard, but now with Guardians 2, since we have had these characters in popular culture for a while, uh, and we've got a baby Groot, I, I just love the, I don't know if it's irony or whatever, and I don't have Guardians footage behind me, but I love that sec, the new trailer that's out where uh, Peter Quill turns to baby Groot and says, Groot, strap yourself in! And he's just a tiny little... Tree dude eating like M&Ms, and it's just an incredibly ridiculous image, and it just makes me smile. And I've loved all of the drag stuff, and that's a movie where I go, "Oh my God!" If the if the like, it already looks like a ten to me, just based on the crazy trailers and the the sense of humor and love that we see. So hopefully that comes through. Um, neither of these trailers though make me think that these movies are going to be ten out of ten, but let's see. We got any questions or comments? Uh, uh, Spider-Man has been cut out of the MCU. Breaking news today. Thanks, Sony. Oh, right, because uh, they're going to be doing other Spider-Man movies? Yes, right. Uh, question from... Uh, and that was uh, that was the baldness with that comment right there. We got... Uh, hey, it's serious. Question, do you want to see soups with a mullet in Justice League? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't think we necessarily have to... Uh, um, you know, honor the death of a Superman uh, stories from the 90s where mul- when mullets were cool. Uh, was it the 90s or was it the 80s? I can't remember. I can't keep those decades straight right now. Um, but that's what happened in the books is that he, he did come back in the black suit with the mullet. Uh, I don't want to see that. I don't think they have to adhere perfectly in line with the stories uh, that we've seen in the comics. And, you know, frankly, that's one of the issues with Warner Brothers and their DCU... To begin with, is they are trying to catch us up too quickly on a lot of storytelling and plot devices, and you know, characters and bad guys, apocalypse and dark side, and and uh, Steppenwolf and the Parademons, and you know, th- honestly, I'm a pretty big comics reader. I haven't read as much, you know, in my EP years as as I would have liked, but I used to collect like crazy prior to uh, uh, you know producing television, getting uh, you know into getting this much content out there. I do read from time to time, absolutely. I followed the, um, you know, All-Star Superman and, and the Batman and Robin lines and checked out some of the New 52 stuff. But I haven't been able to keep up with every single twist and turn of the sort of modern age of comics. And I can't keep all of the, the stuff that Warner Brothers and DC has been Easter-egging into the recent movies straight. And I'm a pretty... You know, I'm not going to. I'm a huge fan, but I'm not. I, I'm also pretty knowledgeable about the DC lore, not just with Batman, but with a lot of the other heroes as well. And you know, my concern with the way that the DCU is coming together is that they're really sort of expecting that we're going to know all like Victor Stone's backstory. And I can, obviously, this movie Justice League is going to be a bit of an origin story, but. They're really kind of expecting that we're going to know the importance of all of these characters built in, and some of the nuance and the modern nuance of these characters based on stories. And I think that the you know the obvious missed opportunity for Warner Brothers and DC was to create standalone films along the way to tell us those stories, so that the Justice League film would land with the impact that the movie deserves. You know. I still have hope. I still have my fingers crossed. There's nothing in this trailer except maybe the Flash costume, which I really detest, especially because we're seeing one on the television every week that's excellent. Um, I just am not a big fan of the way that they made the Flash look. I love Wonder Woman's look. That's the best Batman costume I've seen on screen. There's probably too much CG in uh, Cyborg, but Aquaman looks amazing. I have like I can't believe how much faith I have in the Aquaman side of the property right now, uh, based, you know, a huge chunk on Jason Momoa, who I think is amazing. Um, but I feel like all of these movies, and we'll see. I hope I'm proven wrong with Justice League, but I, I feel like they're just sort of expecting we're going to know all of these details, and we can just jump right in and care about all of these characters, and it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we know this, we know... and. I don't think a huge segment of the audience is going to know all of that stuff and I think the way that Marvel has been successful on on you know tapping forward and and sort of looking back throughout its movies has been you know progressing with us for this last decade and or or more now at this point and letting us kind of ride with these actors and these stories all the way along. So we'll see. I th- you know obviously that's a pretty clear challenge that the, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's team and the other directors and, and Warner Brothers and DCU have ahead of them. Um, but this trailer doesn't make me feel like they've solved that, you know? Like, well, anyways, I want to hear from you guys here. Uh, question What do you think Marvel will do after the, all the Avenger movies, uh, after all the Avengers movies going forward? That's, uh, that's from Curtis Uryuk. Um, That's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, these actors are kind of uh, growing out of their contracts. I heard that Chris Evans is probably going to wrap up with Captain America pretty soon. Um, They're clearly kind of setting the stage for... Uh, the next round of heroes, um, you know, partially, you know, with the the new Avengers that we saw at the end of uh, Civil War. Um, they're kind of sort of leaning into other characters and supporting casts and stuff. And I guess maybe that's probably what they're going to do is they're going to r- rise up the ranks of Black Panther and the Scarlet Witch and stuff like that. They're going to become more prominent characters in uh, maybe these, uh, you know, next wave of Avengers movies. Or Solo standalone movies um, that bring in the Avengers and then they will recast some of these heroes and it's gonna be It's gonna be crazy man to see a new cap. It's gonna be crazy to see a new Iron Man. I can't imagine anybody else other than Robert Downey jr. as Iron Man Um, And that's the challenge that Marvel and Disney have now right? They've made this unbelievably successful franchise nothing er a close Compares to what Marvel has done over the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. No series has done anything like this ever in the history of movies or entertainment. Star Wars, I think, is going to be the next thing that is able to do that. Uh, But this Marvel sort of boom, 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 punch, hit, 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 hit. You know, pretty entertaining, successful movies. Very hard to uh, replicate and uh, presumably sustain. I mean, we're seeing... uh, a bit of that with the Netflix stuff, right? They've had a pre- pretty good success. I-, I would say wonderful success with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. And then we have this uh, very ponderous, mediocre Iron Fist show. And that, honestly, that should have been, you know, like a a great liftoff, I think, for this Defenders franchise. It should have been like, okay, we have we have momentum. We have, you know... The, the hardcore brutality of Defender, the kind of, the, you know, the, the sexual, you know, sort of uneasiness and angst and, and psychologically terrifying Jessica Jones. We have a lot of the racial turmoil in Luke Cage, and now with Danny Rand and, and Iron Fist, we're, go- we're just going to have fun being this kind of hero for hire superhero guy, and instead it becomes like boring bits that we saw and didn't, don't even remember from the Green Arrow TV show, you know, it's crazy. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll see, like this is, uh, this is not going to be easy for Marvel to, to just sort of, you know, keep that pace and keep that quality up. We will see. Okay. Uh, New Avengers, yeah that's probably going to happen Question from the Lord of Lude Joss D with the uh, New Avengers exclamation mark, yes can't wait for that, Uh, the Lord of Lude uh, (laughs) question if a superhero game, Justice League, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man was made this year or next, which company do you think would make the best one Um, uh, that is a good question, I wonder constantly why we don't see great you know Justice League and Avengers, like, we've seen two Avengers movies, all of these Captain America movies, just get more and more successful, and we've been absent, uh, you know, an escape uh, of triple you know, A quality in the console space. I've been complaining about this on, incessantly on our programming, uh, but now it looks like with the Square Enix Marvel deal and Marvel kind of recognizing that, uh, no, it's time for them to get back into this area. Thank you, Arkham. Uh, that they are going to start delivering some good stuff. Um, You know, it would be amazing to have like the best Assassin's Creed developers or, you know, the best team from Monolith work on, uh, you know, an incredible Gotham city game where you could play as Nightwing and Batwing or Batman and, um, you know, Robin and Batgirl. Um, That would be amazing. Uh, Not that, you know, Rocksteady has been slouching there. But if we're talking about new uh, new teams, I mean, a, a Justice League game with, with uh, Green Lantern and The Flash and Aquaman, tall order, Rocksteady's basically shown that they can take a, a very, very beloved franchise and a concept and, and just blow it out to a very, very large and satisfying kind of level. So I think Rocksteady gets the first kick at uh, taking any DC property and moving forward with that. And presumably that's that's what they're working on. Um, and if they can't do it alone, maybe they're working with uh, Warner Brothers Montreal, um, who did, I think, the terrific Origins game. I know there's a lot of people that didn't, didn't dig that one as much, but I really loved it as a Batman fan. Um, it would be great to see that collaboration to build us an epic Justice League world. Um, I have... You know, huge expectations out of Crystal Dynamics, who has been killing it with Tomb Raider. Um, That's a vaunted, you know, a vaunted studio with a lot of great games under its belt to take on uh, the Avengers. I think that's pretty amazing, but I think the Avengers is such a, it's such a massive, massive world with so many expectations. Yeah, I'm sure they're feeling the pressure over there. I'm excited that, uh, you know, Insomniac is working on a Spider-Man game. It's not tied to the movie Spider-Man. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to see it on PlayStation 4 this year, but I, I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, they can clearly make fantastic third-person action-adventure games, and they, they understand you know the crazy mechanics. Spider-Man, I think, and I've said this many times, is uh, is the perfect character for video games because just getting around in his environment is a blast. It's not... Maybe as efficient and super sleek and cool, but also tough to do as Superman. Um, but it's there's gameplay in the way that Spider-Man maneuvers, and it's just fun to watch that animation. You know, just to see him web zip, web zip from uh, you know building to building, and almost kill himself, and you know break out of it. That's why the Spider-Man games have been, you know, there's been some dogs, but there's been some really fantastic Spider-Man games. And I can't wait to see what, what uh, Insomniac does. Sucker Punch has been on the tip of my tongue through all of this superhero video game discussion. Uh, you know, the, the infamous games were excellent. Um, and that's a team of, you know, the Sly Cooper games are excellent as well. And that's a team of comic book aficionados. They love that world. Some of them uh, that have worked in the art department at uh, in, uh, Sucker Punch have worked in the comic industry. I would love to see them, you know, really fly with some uh, licensed comic characters. Maybe, uh, you know, since Crystal Dynamics is working on Avengers and, and we got uh, Insomniac working on uh, Spider-Man, I don't know, it, it would be awesome to have a Defenders video game in the city, you know, with awesome Iron Fist and, and uh, Daredevil type action and Uh, I I would be incredible. I want to see all that stuff too, you know, and I would like to see these superhero experiences um, happen more in video games because almost every game you play, you're playing as a superhero, right? And uh, when you play as a character like the, the, the protagonists in Infamous, I don't know about you guys, but I can't help but think of, wow, this would be cool if I was playing... As uh, you know, as one of the X-Men right now, you know um, that's a God. There's another big franchise that deserves some real love. Imagine, uh, oh my God! Imagine a Platinum Games X-Men game. Oh my God! Okay, you guys got my mind spinning. Uh, Vic, I hope all is going great. Watching from Colorado, Cougar, uh, twenty-one eighteen. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you all for tuning in and and uh, being a part of this live chat. You all rock. Thank you. Um, Okay, uh, Josh D says, Crystal Dynamics could make a, a killer one. Uh, Blade Blur made a comment uh, <laughs> about Gex 4. I don't think we're ever going to see Gex again. Uh, a VR Spider-Man equals barf bag, please, from Warco A. Um, okay, um, hit me up with some comments. Oh, I got one here. R.C.S. Affleck as Batman, yay, nay, and fave and worst movie Batman. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, I think Affleck is a great Batman, actually. I don't think um, the script that he's been given to be Batman has been particularly good. Um, and I think that's probably a big part of the, the frustrations and the turmoil that we're hearing about the, the solo Batman movie. Batman versus Superman Batman was kind of a dummy. You know, he was... Given a lot of information from other people that were solving the uh, you know the mysteries surrounding what was going on and uh, that that was not cool this is the world 's greatest detective he 's a thinker before he 's a puncher or a shooter uh, which is another part of my issue with the the uh, Affleck Batman right now is that he jumps into vehicles and he shoots things with his machine guns and stuff and you know, yes, he's always had these really dangerous, violent cars in the films, got it, but it just feels a little too, um, a, a little too easy of a solution for somebody that's this intelligent. You know, I would like to see Batman kind of, uh, you know, be a detective, figure out the way to take down parademons and get in there and, you know, finish them and zap them instead of it just looking like it's a, uh, you know, a cosmic space fight kind of thing. I, I, you know, I totally get that in Justice League the rules change because we do deal with cosmic enemies and they have to be, you know, global in nature and it's usually alien threats and stuff like that. So maybe we can escalate a little bit. But so far, what we've seen of Affleck's Batman is that he is less of a, you know, a uh, an intelligent vigilante that can uh, uh, be one step ahead of everybody and more of a, um, you know, aggressive, angry. Uh, Kill first, ask questions later kind of character, and I, I want to see a bit more nuance there. I, I feel like his his um, uh, Bruce Wayne uh, is has been kind of interesting. I feel like he can dip more into the Tony Stark kind of level of uh, uh, you know sarcasm and sass and sense of humor. Um, maybe we'll see a little bit of that in Justice League. But I think Affleck is solid, and I got to tell you, like the the look of the dude in the suit. Uh, is amazing i like the shorter ears i like how beefy the dude is i like the giant bat symbol i like the gray suit um which looks more flexible and like he's a lot more mobile i got it i mean the fight sequences in batman versus superman when he busts in and takes out all those bad guys that was amazing um my fingers are crossed that justice league kills it batman's excellent and the batman movie that uh, affleck has been working on uh, still holds together, but in terms of the best Batman on screen so far, um, Kevin Conroy's voice, uh, but Christian Bale I think really proved himself as a great Batman in Batman Begins and especially The Dark Knight. Um, he had to hold his own against an unbelievably cool Joker and a pretty damn fine Two Face, and I think he did. And uh, yeah, he's a solid—he's a solid actor to f- to fill those boots and fill that cowl. Uh what do we got here? Um Silver Surfer and MCU would be awesome. Yes. And, you know, all of the X-Men, all of the fan this is from uh Elvin Kumar. Yeah, the the fact that the, the, the rights have been so separated is uh is kind of crappy for everybody, you know? Like I feel like um as many different variations that they make with uh you know Marvel characters on screen. The fact that they're not all connected lets us kind of pit these movies against each other all the time. And if budgets are way out of whack or, uh, you know, like almost all of Hollywood is being cast as superheroes or villains right now. And so if better actors go to MCU for whatever reason, you know, the X films kind of suffer a little bit. Although Logan was in, in, incredible, an amazing movie. Uh, but I think it would, it would benefit everyone if... Down the road, there was a lot more sort of interconnectivity, you know. Fantastic Four is an amazing property, and it's an incredibly important property for Marvel as a company. And I feel like, uh, you know, Fox and and Marvel and Disney should really get along and figure that out because they could do something so cool with that. They could make a a um, uh, you know a, a, a retro period, 1960s Fantastic Four with kind of 1960s future technology, you know, stuff that that, uh, that looks like the Jetsons or something, but it, it could be amazing. Or they could set it in the future or whatever they w- would want to do there, but they, they could have an incredible new franchise with that, and it's sort of connected to everything else, like the flashback sequences that we got in Ant-Man. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I the mind reels with the opportunities there. And certainly going uh, and properly handling Galactus and properly handling the Silver Surfer, that would be amazing as well. Holy crap, it's Nerd Festival talk, talking uh, comic book superheroes on this podcast. But uh, that's what we're here for, right? That's what we all signed up for. Um, Evan M. Hey, Vic. Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday. Just wondering what Batman and what Spider-Man villains you'd like to see in a movie. I'm for Carnage and Mysterio and Clayface. Uh, Clayface in a Batman movie would be killer. Um, Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun and open the door to a lot of, uh, you know, incredible scenes of of mimicry. An actor with the ability to become whoever he wants to be with this Disgusting technology or this disgusting ability that could be a really cool on screen. Uh, Mysterio again, uh, you know, a very uh pompous um, you know, showman that wants to create all kinds of elaborate scenes and stuff that could be incredible filmmaking as well. Uh, hopefully, not ever cheaped out like they did with the Rhino and Paul Giamatti. The, oh my god, that was bad, that was so embarrassing. Um, and uh, Carnage, yeah, that would be. Carnage, I think, in a way, especially if there was a Carnage Venom team up. I, you know, I, I am not as, I'm not as well versed in, uh, in Spider-Man lore as I would like to be. I love the character. I've read a ton of comics, but I don't know every single nuance and detail. So you know, tell me if I'm wrong. But um, Carnage and Venom teaming up, I think, would be a pretty powerful um, opponent. For the Marvel MCU, for for a lot of heroes, you know, because they are so rabid and powerful. Um, that could be a lot of fun. And it could be more than a handful for for a young Peter Parker. Uh, but that would be pretty rad. Comment Hush in a Batman film would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, they did uh, Rachel Ghoul or Ras Al Ghoul in uh, Batman Begins. Um, Hush would be incredible. Not with Jared Leto's Joker, though. I think they have to rethink all of that. I don't know how you guys felt about Leto's uh, Joker in uh, in uh, Suicide Squad. For me, the less said about that movie, the better. But, uh, you know, I think Leto as an actor, he's got the ability, but I don't know. That was all wrong. Uh, but, yeah, a, a cool Hush could be rad. Absolutely, I still feel like Ra's al Ghul. I mean, they've got him in the Arrow show, so maybe that that sort of aura has been weakened a little bit. Um, but that I, I've always loved him in the books. I've always loved him as a uh, you know a, a villain that goes head to head with Batman and has uh, you know this mystical ability to kind of. Uh, uh, you know, put up with whatever Batman can kind of dish out. I think he's a very, very fascinating character, very fascinating creation. Um, uh, JBJ Blaze and TFA, I thought Jared Leto was trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. Venom and Carnage go hand in hand from Marco A. Uh, Joker used in Suicide Squad was a waste. That is from Curtis uh, Eric. And uh, a Deadpool and Spider-Man team up would be amazing. Yes, it would. That would be incredible. I would also love to see, um, I would also love to see uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man, or Wolverine and Deadpool. Um, And I'm, you know, I just want to see that that uh, that big guy. Throw that little guy in some pretty fantastic ways, you know, like with with Wolverine claws out. I guess we're going to get a new Wolverine. Oh my God, that's so sad. And who knows how long until we get that guy, right? Uh, JBAJ. While on the uh, the subject of superhero media, are you excited about South Park: The Fractured Butthole? What do you think about the uh, nauseous rift and its latest delay? Um, I am excited about the uh, the South Park game for sure. Uh, I didn't play the first game because uh, Ben and Jose reviewed that, and I know it's one of my greatest failings in life. But uh, I do I do want to dive into that. Um, I will absolutely play the sequel. But you know, full confession, I. Um, I make a lot of time in my life for superhero TV shows, and, and uh, you know, I, th- I love The Americans and, and uh, Homeland and some other, you know, other shows along the way, Game of Thrones, of course. Uh, I have never really been a big South Park watcher, so I don't know all of the in-jokes. I don't know all of the ties to the TV show. Um, I've watched some episodes, but I, I'm i not a super fan. So as much as I admire the... Uh, the- the creativity and the comedy and the and the poking fun at the industry elements of South Park in those games. Um, they're not like, you know, passions of mine. So I'm, I'm going to be reviewing the game from that perspective. Maybe I'll try to watch some episodes before I get into the game. Uh, but I don't know every single detail about every one of the characters and all that stuff. I know it's crazy because they've been around for as long as EP has been around. Um, but I, uh, you know, I picked my, uh, my Um, passive media watching uh, pretty judiciously because I don't have tons of time when I factor in all of the game playing that I got to do, so I hope you understand. Um, did you play this season of villainy expansion in Batman Arkham Knight? I love the Talia al Ghul part. I didn't get to that. I know it's, it's, uh, horrendous. I didn't, I didn't play tons of the DLC. I downloaded a lot of stuff like the Batmobiles and all this, that thing, all that stuff. Uh, but I, I basically, I played through the the story twice on normal and hard, but I couldn't, I couldn't go back. And it's mostly because of the new stuff that comes out that I, I want to get to, to review and, and, uh, and, and continue on I, you know I can't complain about anything about what I do but the one thing that that uh, you know I that I've talked about before is that I just don't have time to stay on a title even if I love it like the one that I'm obsessed with now obviously is Zelda but I can't just push everything that I've got on my plate that's coming out or that's already out that I'm supposed to be out there making new content or reviewing off so I can keep playing Zelda as much as I would legitimately like to find every single shrine and every single deal in that game. I I just can't do it. Um, Okay, Uh, this is from Dylan Foss. Question, other than the Batman movie, which DCEU movie do you think has the most potential to be great? Um, I think Wonder Woman has an unbelievable potential to kind of really change the game. I think that it's fantastic that we're finally starting to see some female-led superheroes on screen. She had a successful TV show. I don't know what the hell has taken so long for a, a Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman movie to hit the screen. And I really hope it's great because if it's great, then Justice League has, you know, propulsion. There, It has like this perfect baton hand, you know, handoff. And it it, uh, it sets up uh, a course correct and a change and an attitude kind of change, and I really, really hope it's great. I mean, I've loved the trailers so far. Talk about two trailers that have successfully shown off, you know, what the opportunity is there and what the potential is there for that for a, a movie like that. I've been a fan. I like Gal Gadot as our our new uh, heroine. Um, I love the character. I think she's a. It's a cool concept. It's it's kind of almost in the vein of what they've done with Thor. Um, and uh, that fish out of water thing, I think, could be really, really cool and funny. Uh, I hope my my, fin- my fingers are, are so crossed for that movie. I hope it's amazing. Um, but I, I honestly, I feel like uh, Green Lantern. Um, could make an incredible film. You know, there was parts of the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie that were actually really cool. Like going to Oa and training with the Lantern Corps and seeing all of those other crazy creations. Um, I liked Sinestro. That was uh, Mark Strong, I believe. He was terrific. Uh, but yeah, it was that movie was brutal. That's just a horrendous, all-over-the-place disaster of a movie. And I really hope that Warner Brothers learned a ton from that. Um, I think... That's a character that really deserves it. I'm getting more and more excited about what they're going to do with Shazam, with uh, with Captain Marvel and Black Adam, and and uh, the Rock has been pretty consistent, right? Dwayne Johnson, he's been pretty solid in most of the work that he's done as an actor. Most of his uh, his big screen stuff has been really solid. So, uh, and I have mad respect for that guy. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um, I would be super excited about the Flash if I like the costume. And if I didn't love the show, uh, and if the director stories didn't keep coming out saying that uh, people keep dropping out for creative differences, I would be excited about The Flash as a feature film because I love that character as well. They can do some pretty fun stuff with the effects. Uh, Okay. Um, Arb Hall McDougall says, question, do you have any thoughts on the troubles behind the scenes at Star Trek Discovery? Um, Yeah, I mean... uh, I guess Star Trek, the way that they've broken down the rights, and Blake's a bigger Star Trek fan than I am. He could probably explain this better. But they've broken down the rights differently with the movies and the TV shows. And I think there's probably a lot of people involved with approvals. And, and you know, obviously expectations are super high. Um, they've cast some pretty cool characters, though. So, um, yeah, I think the, the big problem is that Brian... Yeah, Brian Fuller was the guy that was behind it, and uh, he was going to be the showrunner. He's left, uh, but he left key creatives that he installed, I think, are still involved. So some of that um, progress and some of that stuff is being put back into the show. I mean certainly there's enough amazing sci-fi for the team at at Star Trek Discovery to kind of look at as uh, as guidance for a modern Star Trek show. If they look at the expanse, if they look at uh, Ron Moore's uh, run with Battlestar Galactica, if it's anywhere near that, we're going to get something pretty damn amazing, you know. We know that the visual effects should be pretty damn solid. It's an important show for CBS because they're launching their uh, their streaming service to kind of um, be the window, the showcase for, you know, selling people a subscription. This is the show that is their jewel for that. Um, so I think the budget will be there. They're, they're casting cool people. I mean, I know just from the small TV shows that we have made, that they go through a tremendous amount of gestation and, and uh, some turmoil and some stress and pressure and expectation and last minute changes. And I think once you start to throw more and more millions and you stack more and more sort of, you know, people and thumbs on things, uh, it just gets tougher, you know? I mean, look at the, the, uh, the lawsuits and the problems that The Walking Dead has kind of had to grapple with ever since it launched, you know? Um, yeah, uh, you'd wish and hope that a lot of these things would come out with... Uh, with everybody just playing nice and and getting along and and all having a unified vision. But, uh, you know, as we can see with Mass Effect, that, you know, the best laid plans uh, don't always come together when you're talking about, you know, basically getting an army to build something and everybody agreeing on stuff. But uh, I think, Blake, what do you think? Star Trek Discovery is going to be good? Uh, We'll see. Yeah. I mean, every Star Trek show has had problems in pre development. Yeah. Uh, or in development, I should say. Yeah. I, mean, I like the cast. I like the idea. The ship looks stupid, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, most Star Trek ships look kind of goofy. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I, I really like the cast, so that, that has me excited. Yeah, and they're focusing on uh, not the captain, but a, a junior ensign yeah. or something like that. Or? An ensign, yeah. An ensign, yeah. So uh, that's be, interesting. It's going to be like serialized. Or realized? Like Game of Thrones. Right. So like the whole season is one, f- one, sh- one story. That's cool. Yeah. And so people can go off in different yeah. things. So it's like Deep Space Dime was which was my favorite show. Okay. Yeah. No we I will see. And, pl- and plus they have the time with a show if it goes on for more than a season to kind of build up the universe in a way that's going to be a little bit more uh, satisfying than the stack everything into it kind of J.J. J. Abrams style Star Trek movies that have been you know uh, n- disappointing to say the least uh what do we got here we got uh uh when they axed darabont that was them saying we only want as much money as possible that spark movement uh, with that comment yeah that's that's tough man and that that is a nasty nasty lawsuit over there with frank darabont um yeah, Spark Movement is not happy about Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, Tiago Santos, please make a feature uh, EP about the Panzer Dragoon series. Bring uh, Happy Console Gamer too. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, I've been thinking about. Uh, I talked about it on the um, uh, last uh, Vix Basement that I did. That I want to do more uh, buried treasures and and uh, pull some classic stuff off the shelf and play it and talk about it. And we could probably, you know hopefully run some old classic segments and interviews that we've done too, maybe some old reviews. Um, And Panzer Dragoon would be completely rad. I can't believe that Sega has that and a million other amazing properties and we never hear about them. They just sort of like, it's their history, it's their past, but let's do another Sonic game, you know? I mean, it, it just... They they have some real I guess they did res and VR, which is incredible. But imagine a Panzer Dragoon kind of thing in with modern technology. They could do something awesome there. Um, okay, any uh, any final thoughts or comments? Hey, Vic, I've been watching you for twenty years, man. Expert gaming. Uh, Uh, For 20 years, much love from Toronto. Hello, Toronto. Hello, Expert Gaming. Josh D. uh, Comment, Wonder Woman and Justice League need to be great. If they bomb, I think the DCEU is over. Yeah, I would agree with that. If these two movies this year are not great, if they're only pretty good, Warner Brothers and DC have a real problem on their hands. I think that um, Guardians is going to be great. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be great, even if it's a little exhausting that we're kind of getting a reboot again. Um, And I also think that the Thor Ragnarok movie um, is going to be great uh, and goofy. And um, that new image of uh, Hulk in the Planet Hulk armor, I cannot wait for that. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Twilight was pretty good from uh, Shanoa. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Twilight. (laughs) <laughs> Just throwing that in there. Uh, uh, okay, you got any? Did you find any questions at all, Blake? Uh, I wasn't looking. Okay. Uh, don't see any on YouTube. Okay, uh, it's weird how Spider-Man has struggled to establish itself as a movie franchise. Well, oh, this is from Gary Davis. Well, less prominent characters like Iron Man have taken off, and I think it's it's uh, it's all in the way that it's been handled. You know, like Kevin Feige, who is. Uh, you know, like the the senior producer that oversees all the MCU stuff. He's the the president for Marvel's movie uh, studio. That guy's. I've interviewed him. He's amazing. Like the guy's an ex- encyclopedia. He loves it. He knows the not not just the monetary value, but the emotional value of the five thousand characters that exist at Marvel. And he saw it clearly. You know, and I don't. I don't think if. Uh, Iron Man didn't work as well as it did because remember the, uh, the Hulk movie I think came out before it, the one that, uh, uh, not Eric Bana, who was the other guy? Uh, Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. It came out a few months after, after Iron Man. Oh, it came out after Iron Man? A few months. Okay, well that didn't hit as much as Iron Man did, but uh, I actually liked that movie. It was pretty fun. Um, but Iron Man set, set the whole thing in motion. If that didn't work, and we didn't have the the heart and soul of Tony Stark. I mean, look at how important he is. He's in the new stuff now, right? He's he is the guy that we put into Spider Man to save that as a movie franchise. Uh, but it it all came from that real understanding and that real love, you know. And we actually worked on the uh, the Iron Man making of with Sega when they were working on uh, with Secret Level when they did the the video game, and we did the whole behind the scenes with the studio, and then we. Visited the uh, the editing suites in Hollywood where they were making the movie and i watched some of the effects go into place and I interviewed John Favreau and, and uh, Robert Danny jr. And and uh, and Kevin Feige and and uh, Yeah, they didn't they didn't know if it was all gonna work, but holy crap did it, huh? I mean, it set up like a, a brand new industry Okay um, yeah, we did the the whole thing on the on the Hulk game, but that wasn't tied to the movie. That was like a separate a separate thing, which was pretty damn good. It wasn't as good as Ultimate Destruction, which was made in Vancouver at Radical. Uh, but that you guys remember the th- the Xbox three hundred and sixty, PlayStation three, incredible. I guess it was the Incredible Hulk. I, I can't remember what it, what they called it, but uh, it was pretty good. Looked pretty good. But Ultimate Destruction still the best Hulk game. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, quit this. Uh, uh, Spidey GL conversation. You guys can, can throw me any questions or comments that you want there. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, near. Uh, I'm gonna turn the, the volume down a little bit. Uh, this is the game that I've been obsessed with most recently. I'm gonna z- zip that out there like this. Now, I threw up the, uh, the classic trailer, mostly for me to kind of uh, take a look at. Again, this was the uh, Xbox 360 PlayStation 3 game. Um, this was the more traditional, um, you know, role-playing experience from Square, and I don't even know how it ties into Near Automata yet, or Automata. I don't. I, I think it's Automata. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you, and uh, let's take a look at some of this stuff right here. It's the, going into madness, and there's books flying around, and. Uh, I remember thinking this, this had a cool style and, you know, some pretty good art and it was it was kind of a trippy story and it was fun. Um, but it was also a little clunky and weird and strange. And then let's zip forward and uh, suddenly we're into um, Nier Automata and you play as a, a character named 2B. Oh, is this still the classic Nier? Hold on, this might still be classic Nier. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, let me get into new near. There we go. I threw in uh, a bit of both. Okay. Uh, but suddenly, with near automata, we're in the future. Uh, Earth has been destroyed. Um, we've got um, uh, 2B and 9S or nines, and uh, they are kind of trying to uncover the mystery of what has happened on. Uh, on a devastated earth and uh, every once in a while you'll see a moose running around and you could jump on the moose and ride it. Uh, and then you see robots of every kind of freaky variety that you can imagine. Um, and, uh, you get into fights and you do some exploration. There's definitely some stuff in this game that kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, of Horizon Zero Dawn and of Zelda. Uh, but without that same level of, uh, Uh, Like, you can't climb those walls, you know, and there are lots of invisible walls inside of the game that are a little bit frustrating. But then you get the Platinum Games kind of combat and, uh, you know, the ability to do some incredible moves and you you basically, you augment yourself with chips because you're an android that has these uh, sensational abilities and you get into massive uh, boss fights. You fight hordes of these kind of, uh, uh, they almost look like, like 1950s Soviet era, you know, utilitarian type robots. There's lots and lots of them. Um, And then you start to realize that they have some personality and they're all, you know, paraphrasing, um, uh, you know, some familiar human phrases. You start to create a little bit of empathy for these characters. And uh, you also encounter some androids that are, are very humanoid in form and they have very... You know, strange um, you know, expressions and agendas, and and pretty amazing abilities, and uh, you get into some incredible, incredible combat sequences. It's, you know, a little bit out of the Bayonetta page book or the Devil May Cry page book, but then there are also, you know, sequences where you're in these ships that you can kind of just jump into, and then it's like a top-down space shooter and you're blasting away waves of enemies. Um, You've got this pod with you at all times, which you can use as a a device to go fishing with, actual literally fishing, and you pick up uh, like robotic carp, um, and then you can also jump on it to kind of glide to different areas that you're going to try to get to. Um, you can use it to shoot out of as well. And you fly in these ships, the, these, these awesome ship things. It's amazing. Um, and then you're, you're trying to kind of understand what happened to the, you know, the humans on Earth. Um, and you're also trying to protect the humans that are up on a uh, you know, colony on the moon. And um, there's some you know, space-type elements in this thing. Uh, there's lots of different uh, sort of bunkers and, and uh, you know places that you you can get to where you're safe for a little bit. Uh, s- there is no auto save in the game, so you're constantly having to you know hover over the save uh, points that you can so that you don't checkpoint yourself into oblivion. Uh, but then you can fast travel and do do things that you would want to do in a um, you know a massive action RPG. The thing that holds this game together. And it's amazing that it is so solid in the face of Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda is the, the combat. I mean, it, it, like, you're seeing some of the scores that people are giving this thing. It's incredible. It's being completely overshadowed, um, I think, by Horizon and by Zelda. But God, I've been having so much fun from this. Even though I am past the point of exhaustion, you know, I feel like I've been staying up. Till two in the morning playing these massive action RPGs every single day and this is another one of these suckers that has just uh, completely captivated me. I'm not you know I probably put in uh, I don't know 10 hours into this thing so I've, I've just scratched the surface. People keep tweeting me and telling me that you got to play the game three times because it's almost like it creates a new uh, episodic variation on the experience so uh, you know I'll figure that out once uh, once I get to the end of this but of course you know, for whatever reason, the video game industry has decided to drop every 100-hour game that they've got right now in the same month, you know? And uh, so I've got um, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands sitting right there, and I've got, you know, more Mass Effect Andromeda to get back to. And a quick update on that, I've basically decided, especially from playing Near Automata, that uh, I'm just going to wait a little while before they do a little bit more patching until there's the, the next kind of uh, news burst coming out of Bioware that they've... Um, They've really tweaked and improved. I saw some changes with the two point oh four or the one point oh four uh, update, um, but I, I, you know, obviously it's been a big bone of contention and a lot of discussion around the um, the animations in Mass Effect. So I feel like there is probably some more iteration that will happen. That's when I will jump back into uh, to playing some more Mass Effect. For now, I'm uh, I'm in near. Uh, I'm in for honor. I've been playing ukulele, which I'll have a review for soon. And, um, uh, playing a little bit of, uh, I actually haven't jumped into ghost recon yet, but I've been looking forward to getting in there and seeing, you know, how much of a community is, is actively playing the game. Uh, but just busting around. I, I had a blast with the beta. So I'm definitely looking forward to jumping back into that game. But uh, if anybody's got any questions about Nier Automata uh, or wants to correct me on uh, some of the stuff that I got wrong, go right ahead. Uh, Michael Holden, uh, hey, Vic, love EP Daily. Is it possible for Microsoft to have exclusive content for both their online and console ports without diminishing the worth of having an Xbox console? This is the big challenge that Xbox has got right now. You know, they're... um they released excellent hardware with the Xbox One S, which is a definite improvement over the uh, the previous Xbox One. They've got the Scorpio to kind of brand and market now to get us all hyped up on it, but they also have to delineate and dif- differentiate themselves from their PC product and their um, uh, and their console stuff. And you know, I don't I don't know how they're going to do it if they don't spend a lot of money on exclusives. You know, and so far, we haven't seen, uh, I'll keep it on that frame. So far, we haven't seen um, those, those exclusives that you know, cause us to drop everything and rush in that direction. Um, you, you know, and I'm a, I'm a PC player that actually plugs the PC into a television. So when I play off of Steam, you know, if it's not VR, um, where I need the extra space of my, uh, of my basement uh, slash studio to play these games in, um, I just play like I'm playing a console game. So, y- y- the fact that Xbox has got a lot of these things, um, as you know, you buy it once and you can play it wherever you want to, it's great. But, yes, that is the concern. How do you get people to say, I'm making the choice to go console? You know, because uh, you could spend that $300 or $400 that you would on the Xbox um, direction and buy yourself. Uh, or put that towards a pretty, pretty nice play, uh, PC, and if you're going to get most of those Xbox games there, at a cheaper price, which is something to consider as well, because most PC games are a little bit less expensive. Uh, plus, you know, a ton of indie games and all the stuff that's on Steam. Kind of makes a little bit more sense. I think if if, uh, Microsoft is serious about having, um, you know, a console division that we all really, really care about and love, all of us, not just the diehard Gears fans and the diehard Halo fans, of which there are millions, uh, or the Forza fans, um, they have got to come with incredible exclusives, you know, that they're investing in, if they're timed or whatever. But they've got to show that... uh, not only do they have to be exclusive that they're publishing it, but they have to be exclusive on that hardware. And I don't know if they're going to do that. You know, this, this E3 is incredibly important for uh, what we know of Xbox. But I do believe that Xbox is uh, actively trying to, you know, reposition itself as more of a... Um... And PlayStation is too. I mean, they're gonna be st- we're going to be able to stream PlayStation 4 games pretty soon on different devices uh, but they're actively trying to, you know, ch- change thinking around what Xbox means as more of a service and more of a, uh, you know, a a, uh, a platform that extends into you know multiple different devices, like Netflix, um, and that and less about like being dedicated to a box. But I don't know if that's incredibly endearing or heartwarming for for the, uh, the die-hard console Xbox fans out there, you know? And, th- and this will be the big challenge. We'll see, you know? Scorpio, I can't wait to see what they have with this. It's-, it's gonna be incredibly exciting. As somebody that actually plays 4K games now with the PlayStation 4 Pro, it's gonna be incredibly exciting to see something more powerful than that and what software can look like, you know, on on my screen. You know, I'm I'm super psyched, but I just hope you know, beyond what we know with Sea of Thieves and Crackdown, that, that uh, Microsoft has got something that's that's going to floor us. I mean, a 4K Crimson Skies, I, if that happens, if they announce that at E3, you will see I will be all caps on my tweets. I will be freaking out, you know. I hope they do. Uh, WorkOA, comment. I'm the same, Vic. My PC has become close to a console. I hook it up to projectors, and 80% of the time I'm using a, a, a controller. Yep. Uh uh, he's been all sh- uh, stock. Stock look. He, he's been uh, all over shooting things for EP over the years, man. That's uh, that's at stock. Uh, that's our I think he's sticking up for me somewhere, which is crazy. Uh, I want my nostalgia. Yeah, that's from JBJ Blaze. Alchemist ninety five. Hi Vic. Thanks for bringing back the rundown. Thank you for watching the rundown. Um, I've seen people that have been uh, you know retweeting our tweets and and uh, posting. Uh, the rundown on their Facebook pages and their own pages and stuff. And, and uh, I appreciate that very much. That's going to be a huge part of... Uh, we're still grassroots, right? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not really spending money to uh, uh, market our stuff out there. We're spending the money to just build content that, that we're proud of and that we like. And uh, we're going to do our best with that stuff. So, um, you know, what, what we're asking of everybody is to just, uh, you know, help us spread the word out there. Let your friends know that we're uh, pr- trying to produce really cool stuff every single day. And, uh, you know, we just want more people to watch and uh, we'll from that be able to make more stuff and cooler stuff and more people will be involved and, and uh, you know, we will be able to uh, conceive and create lots of new content in lots of different ways. The, the one thing that I need to stress about all of this kind of decision to go forward is that nothing is a limitation, right? There are no time constraints. There are no, um, you know, constraints on imagination. We have lots of access to lots of incredibly cool stuff to talk about, both past, present, and future. The constraints come from, uh, you know, budget, obviously, but that can grow as more people watch. So if we get support, we can build right back up to. Uh, uh, what we've done before or better than what we've done before in lots of different and cool ways. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just want to try to create cool stuff every day and, and hopefully, hopefully you're digging it and hopefully more people come and join this. Uh, okay. Uh, how did you get hair like that? I need to know expert gamer. Uh, you know, my wife told me, I don't know if you guys have been watching the TV shows for a long time, but when I when we got on TV, I kind of had spiky hair when I was in high school. And then when we, I started to get into my 20s and got on TV and I thought, well, you know, all the news anchors have like side parted hair and they, everybody takes them seriously. And so I kind of parted my hair to the side. And then my wife said, okay, that's enough of that, all right? What are you trying to be? Are you trying to be a news anchor? And, like, inside I was like, yeah, I was kind of trying to be like a news anchor. And she said, that looks bad. Why don't you, like, push it all forward and mess it up? And, and, uh, and so I credit my wife. She said, okay, do something with that. And, I, and so I, I tried it, and, it was you know, at first it was, like, just too flat. And then I just started to make it a little messier and sillier, and this kind of became the thing. And it and, uh, takes some hairspray and some gel, and I hate putting the VR stuff on there because then it's squash, and then I just get, like, spikes out that way, and it's not what I want. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that was hair talk. With Victor Lucas. All right, there we go. <laughs> Donnie S., he also does wear bowling shirts back in... I did wear a lot of bowling shirts back in the day. You know where I used to buy them was uh, we would go to San Francisco to shoot lots of stories because the San Francisco uh, scene was hu- is and was huge for games. And they had this, uh, this bowling... Sh- it was Kramer on Seinfeld. Remember how popular he was in the 90s? He made this whole bowling shirt... Uh, um, fad happen and there was this store in in the Haight Ashbury district of uh, San Francisco where I would go and they would make custom bowling shirts and I had tons of them. Got rid of all of them. (laughs) I've gone strictly plaid now, man. Uh, But no, I have have also, thank you to Loot Crate and uh, also uh, I've purchased a ton of t-shirts along the way, but now I've got this massive t-shirt library. I'm going to start to yeah, I used to see quite a few of these things on, on our shows and stuff, but I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit more. I don't want to be all plaid all the time. Um, and uh, there's one thing that I just remembered that I want to bring up about the Justice League trailer. No Superman? Well, there's no Superman. Um, I kind of brought it up a little bit already, but this Flash costume, I brought it up in a tweet. Um, I don't know what they're thinking with this Flash costume. It looks like the Flash in Justice League is like somebody loves the Power Rangers, and they're like, "Damn it, we didn't get to make the Power Rangers movie. We'll put the Power Rangers costume on the Flash," and it doesn't work. You like the. I didn't even know it was the Flash in the flashback. No pun intended. Flashback scenes of uh, Batman versus Superman. I like. He came on. He's like. Lois is the key, or whatever he said. I don't even remember. It was so stupid. But uh, I—it didn't even look like the Flash. I was like, who is this guy? He's got—he was glowing, and he had armor on. And now we see more of the Flash. We saw a little more in uh, Suicide Squad. Now we see him here. The, like the Flash would not wear a suit of armor to run around in. He would—he does—he wouldn't look like one of the Knights of the Round Table of some weird psychedelic power rangers night table he he would want flexibility he would want mobility he would want to be able to to you know carry the the thing around and change super quickly and it would collapse and fold into itself that's why the ring costume was invented you know the super speed would allow him to basically leave it somewhere and go back to his house or wherever his his flash cave and change into it. I get that. That's fine. But the the comics got it right, man. In the in the uh, when in the Silver Age Flash reboot in the uh, I guess it was the fifties or the sixties when they brought Flash and they modernized it and called him Barry Allen, the ring holding the costume was perfect. It's a great idea. It doesn't make sense with, with physics, but you know, the, nothing really does. But the idea that Barry Allen has this ring that he can just tap on and then poosh, the, the costume comes out of and it's form fitting and it fits him and he, he can just just whip around super fast. He doesn't need armor, you know? That armor just looks like it would slow him down and he's so fast, he's gonna outrun all of that anyways. Any projectile, anything that would come at him and hit him in the armor, he wouldn't need it. And that, that's what, it just bothers the hell out of me, especially because, and I said this already, but the TV show Flash costume is closer to what I've always loved about the Flash. And it's honestly, I think, one of the strongest comic book adaptations, period, uh, especially on television. Because they just adhere to the silly, whacked out, crazy colored kind of vibe of what the comics have always looked like, you know. And certainly in the Marvel movies, like, like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is, is taking a page right out of that comic book as well. And it works, you know. Why mess with what's, what's kind of going to work for you already? Okay. And he's got Metroid shoulders. Yeah, it's crazy uh more Blake bashing Melissa McCarthy please <laughs> Vince Nichols does somebody likes your? yeah I think you just hate her yes style tips with Victor Lucas how to look like a hipster gamer thanks Warco um okay I think uh, Grant Gustin is awesome as the flash that's Arb Hall McDougall absolutely agree I think uh, it's it's uh, a total cry and shame that they had to separate the universes um uh this who's the who's the new flash what's his name again No, the uh, the actor uh, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, I think, made an offhand comment that uh, because of the multiverse scenario in the DC universe, that the Flashes will meet at some point, and that's that's really a great idea and a cool idea. Um, But you know, it all hinges on 2017, right? If and you guys said it, if Wonder Woman and Justice League aren't great, the DC cinematic universe has got some real problems but let's hope they are. Okay, uh, when I see the GL trailer, Batman suit like looks like Owlman from Watchmen. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Lots of connections to what uh, Zack Snyder has done before. Okay, my friends, uh, I think that's good. We, uh, we did a, a long chat. I hope you got your comments in. If you're watching this uh, after the live show, I appreciate you tuning in to watch that. Um, thank you all for joining me. And uh, we're definitely going to be doing this more. I hope this looked and sounded all right. We're, uh, we're going to keep improving and tweaking and, and uh, making live conversations about stuff uh, a bigger part of uh, our, our menu here uh, at EPN. But uh, please spread the word. Please have fun. Let's keep our fingers crossed that the superhero movies don't let us down this year. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching, everybody.